I've had to deal with anxiety and depression my entire life. I, I once had a therapist that said depression and anxiety are sort of two sides to the same coin. And I don't know, I think that's probably true. But for today's show, we're just going to focus on anxiety. And I know so many people suffer with this. And recently, I've had a sort of a change of perspective about anxiety. And it's really sort of opened my eyes. And I want to share it with you guys and kind of see what you think. So anxiety is the topic today. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and as I mentioned in the opener there, we're gonna be talking about anxiety. What a good time anxiety is, right? No, anxiety is, for those of you who do not suffer with anxiety, God bless you. It's a lucky thing that you don't. But for me, it's funny when I think back to sort of my even teenage years, there was definitely anxiety present in my life, but no one talked about it back then. We're talking the 80s, and um, it just wasn't a thing. And you couldn't say a sentence like, well, you know, my therapist said without people thinking, you're crazy. I honestly think it's the people who are most fearless and most dedicated to having the best mental health are the people who talk to therapists like great if you don't need to no worries but I know so many people in my personal well I shouldn't say I know so many people I know some people in my life that would benefit from some therapy and they've decided well you know I just meditate or I pray or I do whatever but sometimes we need an outside source and not that God isn't an outside source but we need someone to really speak to us and it's fantastic if the Bible works for you, but I needed someone to really take the science of psychology to help me. And of late, what I found is, I had a therapist who said, when it comes to anxiety, you really have to talk back to your anxiety. It's almost like it's this thing separate from yourself because it's really, just a way of thinking. I used to feel like, well, anxiety, it's part of me, it's part of my inner workings, I'm broken, I need to be fixed. But the truth is, it's just how you learned how to think. And again, this is my experience. I just wanna say I am in no way an expert. I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but this is what's worked for me recently. And I just wanted to share um, my experiences with you. And then maybe you guys can share your experiences with me. And if it helps you, that's awesome. So my therapist basically said, talk back to anxiety. And you, you have to make sure you look for the evidence in your life. So what does that mean? If I think of a problem, like, okay, I started thinking about doing this podcast and I got all this anxiety. I'm like, oh my God. What if I don't feel comfortable sharing information about my life? And that's what this podcast is supposed to be. What if I share too much and, you know, somebody 
uses this information against me? Or what if it sucks? What if it doesn't sound right? What if nobody listens? What if what, blah, 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 blah. And what I've realized, first of all, about anxiety, anytime you start a sentence with what if, it's never positive. Think about it. It's never like, what if my podcast sounds exactly how I want it to sound? What if I share the just right amount of personal information? What if I help other people? What if my podcast blows up and I get so many listeners, I don't even know what to do with myself. I have to hire an assistant and I actually start making money off of this. What if I can quit the rest of my jobs because I do so many things that I can only focus on this and public speaking? Do I think about those things? Sure. But do I what if myself with them? No, because what if thoughts are always negative, at least in my experience. And when, you know, my friends and I talk about that, they're like, oh my God, you're right. I never what if on the positive side. So anxiety just takes you for a roll. It puts you on the hamster wheel and you're just, your mind is just like, you know, always thinking, what if this this is going to come up? And so I, I thought to myself, well, I know somebody who started a podcast and then he, I don't know how long, how many episodes he did, but it's not around anymore. I'm like, well, I think he's really talented. And if his isn't around anymore, what if mine isn't going to be around anymore? And what if I'm just wasting my time? And what if, what if, what if, what if? But what I've learned is two things. And I want to be able to clearly be able to communicate these two things. The first is, like I said, talking back to my anxiety. So what if X, Y, and Z? What if I make a podcast and I just don't follow through and I only make six or seven episodes and I fall by the wayside? I think I saw a YouTube video. I was doing a ton of YouTube tutorials and, and the guy said, the average podcast makes or makes eight podcasts and then gives up. And so what I say to myself is when I'm talking back to my, I, I, my anxiety, I said, well, I'm going to do this for like 200 episodes or four years or three years. I gave myself a hard deadline, like something that's so far away that I just sort of leave it there. I just go, okay, well, that's going to be a long time from now. I don't even have to worry. And so I take that worry out of my brain and the anxiety can't fight me with that piece. Well, what if you're going to end it by eight episodes? Well, I've already decided. I'm for sure not going to end this podcast for at least 200 episodes or four years, whichever comes later. So I no longer have to worry about that. It's just gone. So anytime that what if comes into my brain and says, what if you because anxiety is just a little bitch. I mean, it really is. It's just like it picks on you. It says all this crap to you. And you're just like, man, I'm just minding my business. I'm eating dinner. What if your podcast sucks? And I'm like, wow, you're mean. So that's the first thing. Talk back to your anxiety. The second thing is, is to look at past evidence of your life. Now, I don't know that this would work for everyone, but it works for me. I look back and I go, I'm a freaking survivor. I've been through a lot in my life. If you listen to the other episodes prior to this one, a lot of death, a lot of loss. I mean, many people in their life don't have a death in their life. 
until like their grandparents die and they're in their 20s. I started getting deaths, you know, when I was like six. So, and they just kept coming each, every few years, more death. So among other things that I'll definitely get into and share with you guys in the future, I haven't had the easiest of lives. Have I had the hardest of lives? Debatable. I mean, I've never been homeless. I've never been hungry. I've never not had a roof over my head. I've never had to prostitute myself. I've never had a drug or alcohol addiction. You know, those things are extremely difficult. So for me, I can look at my life and say, I'm a survivor. I don't just survive, I thrive. And when problems come up, as difficult as they may be, I find a way to overcome. Whether it's relationships that I wanted to have with different friends or associates or family members, I wanted them to be better, I freaking worked at them. I didn't just go, well, you know, maybe it'll work out, maybe I'll, you know, forge a better relationship with person X. I busted my butt. I dove into the discomfort and I made sure that if a relationship was important to me, that I focused on it and I made it better. And that's just one example. And there's so many things in my life from being an entrepreneur and starting my own business. Starting your own business is hard. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew some things, I had some skills, but I knew that anything I didn't know, I could Google. And anything I couldn't Google, I could ask. Someone would know and be able to tell me. And so I look at myself and I look at the evidence and I realize, Jody, you are a person who survives. You will find a way to get through whatever life throws at you. Every single thing that's ever happened to me, I've survived, I'm here to tell the tale, right? And so I remind myself of that. So when my brain says, well, what if you don't share enough personal information in your podcast because you feel uncomfortable? I say, I'll share as much as I feel comfortable sharing. You know, I will figure it out. I don't have to worry about something in the future that hasn't even happened, which is another thing that people with anxiety do. We do that. We go, you know, I have a friend, she's pregnant. She's like, what if I don't carry this baby full term? What if it's born immature or immature, premature? What if, what if it's born and it has, you know, some sort of birth defects because she's in her forties, you know, and you can what if yourself into a miserable pregnancy. If you just literally stay in that moment, which everybody always says, just stay in the moment. I feel like that's such a cheese ball cliche, but it's so true. Stay in the moment because that's where the power is. She is pregnant now, she is healthy. Her baby is just fine. So for right now, that's all she needs to think about. My baby's healthy, I'm good. Because God forbid, if something happens where down the line, she has some complication with her pregnancy, worrying about it six months in advance doesn't take away that thing from happening. It doesn't make it easier, that just means you're gonna worry then and now. So you end up worrying like twice as much, which is sort of the epitome of anxiety anyway. So basically it's those two things because I will catch myself 
worrying about something, whether it like, I'm just again using my podcast as an example. Well, I need to get another episode out. How many episodes am I gonna have out a week? You know, when you listen to podcasts of celebrities, they're like, well, every Tuesday, we have an episode coming out, so stay tuned every Tuesday. I haven't done that yet. I haven't released my like release date. You know, the lingo is like, well, a new episode drops every Tuesday. I haven't done that, and I thought, is that, does that make my podcast unprofessional? Is that bad? Is it the listeners will be left hanging? But the truth is, I kind of listened to that anxiety, all that fear and worry and what if, and I was like, you know what, I'm new at this. I'm figuring it out. And I actually like to produce more than one episode a week. So there you go, it's a win-win. And my schedule's kind of crazy and all over the place, and if I promise there's gonna be a new episode every Tuesday, then I put extra pressure on myself. And then I'm like, oh my God, I gotta come up with a topic, I gotta be ready to go. And for me, honestly, to be completely honest, doing a podcast is like a stream of consciousness and it is what I feel inspired to talk about. So on Tuesday, I may have nothing. I may be depressed, I may be tired, I may be overwhelmed and busy with work. I may have stuff going on with my stepkids or my family, my husband, whatever. And I might not have anything really to say. So I won't even put out the best show that I can. So instead of worrying about what everyone else does, do what I do, which is be me, which is the best thing I can ever be. And stop listening to that anxiety. So I check out the evidence. Gee, I know I can survive anything. I can get through what I need to get through. And I pay attention to this anxiety and I don't let it override me. I literally, you know, when we say stay in the moment, another thing is, oh, and I love this, I recently heard this. I listened to um, Four Things with Amy Brown, which is a great podcast. I'm all about supporting other podcasts. She talks about her life. Um, she had bulimia, I guess she calls herself recovering, so she still technically has it, but she's in recovery. She is a talk show host on the Bobby Bone Show out of Nashville. She's just awesome. I think she's 40, she has two adopted, she's white, she has two adopted black children from Haiti, so she has a really neat and unique life and she's very open and I love it. So Four Things with Amy Brown, highly recommend that show. But I was listening to that and just, Lately, this reoccurring theme has come up. I heard it on her show. I love Mel Robbins. I think she has talked about this. And there was another show I kind of found. I can't remember what show I was listening to. Between those three ladies and my therapist, there was one reoccurring theme. And I want to share with you, like I'm smiling. I hope you can hear the smile through the airwaves here because it made such a difference. Literally in the last three weeks of my life, it has changed my life. And I wanna share with you guys what this one little thing was that other people have said that I've done. So I'm gonna tell you about that coming up right after the break. Okay, so before the break, I was talking to you guys about one thing that I've recently kept hearing over and over again about anxiety and how to really sort of, I don't even know what to call it, but how to affect how anxiety affects you. And here it is, it's pretty simple. It's sitting with the anxiety. 
It's accepting that it's there and not trying to fight like hell to get out of it because it's uncomfortable, right? For those of you who don't know, it's really uncomfortable. It's like being forced to wear like an outfit that's too tight, too small, itchy, doesn't keep you warm, but makes you hot, but you feel cold. Like it's all these things. And it's like, you can't touch it. It's not like people can see anxiety. I mean, I think panic attacks you can see on somebody, but generalized, localized anxiety. People look fine from the outside, but inside it's like, you know, fireworks going off and just all this chaos. And I spent my life trying to like, oh, I hate this, I wanna be better. What can I do to get away from it? Should I go running? Do I wanna eat something? Do I want an activity, watch TV, read a book, get on my phone, call a friend, nobody's here. Like, it's all these things to fight it. And I was thinking about weather. Like, you know, it's kind of a good analogy or metaphor for anxiety. If right now, there was a huge storm coming, rain and thunder and lightning and wind and hail. And you just went outside and you're like punching against the hail, pushing against the rain, trying to beat the wind as you run away. Like you would first of all look like a Looney Tune, but you'd be trying to fight something that you cannot fight. And by doing that, it makes it worse because you'd be exasperated, you'd be wet, your, your, you know, your knuckles would be sore from trying to punch at the hail. And so you have all of the stress and the trauma of bad weather, plus your idea that if I fight against it, it'll make this weather go away. And to me, that's what anxiety is, is like a storm showing up. And some storms are huge, and some storms are smaller and inconvenient, but they all pass. And what I've started to do is just be in the fear and the anxiety, because fear and anxiety go hand in hand. They are definitely two sides of the same coin. And sometimes now, if I feel anxious, I'm just like, okay, I'm aware. I might even you know, share with my husband or a friend, talk about it, whatever but I'm not in this place where I'm trying to hurry up and change it. It's going to pass. Again, I've spent most of my life going, I don't like this, I want it to be over, oh, I just want to be fixed, I don't want to be a person with anxiety. But when I don't fight against it, and I sort of let go and just take some deep breaths and treat myself with kindness, the anxiety storm passes faster. Because when I was fighting, 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 this is me punching my hand, fighting against it, then there was all this additional anxiety and I would be mad and then I would be mad that I'm mad. And then I would be mad that I was mad that I was mad. And so it became cyclical and it was bigger and the anxiety stuck around longer. So the storm was exponentially bigger. Instead, when there's a storm outside, you go inside for safety and you protect yourself. Or if you live down south where they have these terrible, you know, bad hurricanes and all of that, you leave town, but you take care of yourself and you go to safety. And that's what I do now when anxiety starts to rear its ugly head. Sometimes I don't even know why it's there. Other times it's literally just a thought that triggered it. Well, I gotta pay taxes. 
oh my God, the bookkeeping. I'm the bookkeeper for my business. I don't know how to bookkeep. I'm doing the best that I can. How am I going to do this? Blah, 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 blah. Instead, I just say, it's okay. It's okay to be stressed about taxes. It's okay to be stressed about whatever. Starting a podcast where you're putting yourself out there. You're exposing yourself for people to listen to you and listen to your stories. People you don't even like will tune into your podcast just to, you know, stick it to you because they're like, oh, <laughs> we're going to see how badly this sucks. And for those of you who are listening right now, haha, I don't care what you think. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't. I really don't or else I couldn't be open. I just, I'm a, an open book. My life has always been that way. So I literally make sure when anxiety hits, I see it like a storm. And I'm kind to myself. Listen to how my voice just changed. I take care of myself. I say, you know what? If I have a deadline, I have all these things to take care of and I'm overwhelmed, I'm allowed to take a 20 minute nap. I'm allowed to take a two hour nap if I want to. I will say that to myself and I'm like, that doesn't make me lazy. That doesn't make me bad. Because I used to say, oh my God, you're being lazy, you're being bad, what are you doing? You're stupid, everybody else is working, why can't you get it together? But now I'll take that nap and I'll wake up and I may feel refreshed and maybe the anxiety is gone and then I can get back to work. And I might work till nine o'clock or 11 o'clock or midnight or 2 a.m. because I'm a late night person. But maybe I didn't do anything between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. I just watched Real Housewives. I work from home. I work for myself. It doesn't matter when I do many things as long as I do those things. So I can make my own schedule without beating up on myself. I used to be like, I'm an entrepreneur. I need to be working all the time, seven days a week. I need to make sure because that's what they say. That's what the books say that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you live your work, you eat, you dream, you sleep it. And it was driving me insane. So now when anxiety comes about any topic, I take care of myself. I protect myself like that storm. If that means I go for a swim, if that means I sit back and relax, if that means I eat something, even if I'm not hungry sometimes, as long as that doesn't become a habit, I want a snack, maybe I'll choose something healthier, make a smoothie. But I am kind to myself when I'm doing this. Instead of saying, oh my God, why do I have to deal with anxiety? I wish I could be fixed. What's wrong with me? Which makes you feel like shit. I literally just say, it's okay. People have anxiety. Some people have panic, panic attacks. Some people have diabetes. Some people have heart issues. Some people have a leg amputation. Some people have whatever. I have anxiety. And that's just the cards I've been dealt. And so the best way for me to deal with it is to just accept it to be in acceptance and to be kind to myself. Even now, like just talking about it makes me feel very chill. <laughs> like, you know, like, ah, oh, it's true. So I'd love to hear if this works for you guys. You know, you can always, as I've said in my past podcast, if you want to reach out to me, you can do it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can email me. 
uh, big time small talk podcast at gmail.com tell me what you like about the show don't like about the show you know constructive criticism if we're like we hate you I'm not gonna read it and I'm gonna move on but if you have questions I'm happy to share advice I'm by no means an expert but I have lots of experience in life and opinions and I love to help people so that's really important so big time small talk podcast at gmail.com or Instagram my name Jody Rollins R-O-L-L-I-N-S J-O-D-I, not Y, not I-E, but J-O-D-I. And um, or in face, on Facebook, Big Time Small Talk Podcast, and on Twitter, at Jody's Box. So there's all sorts of ways you can get in touch with me. But I just think that if you guys try this, like give yourself like a month. I know so many friends who are just like, when they get that anxiety feeling, they're just like, I want to get out of this. And it stresses them out more. You just, you know, you're pissed and you're just like, I even went running and I don't feel better. I worked out or I did yoga and I don't feel better because you went into it like trying to fight against that storm. Be kind to yourself. Put up that umbrella. Go inside. Leave town because the storm is going to come. Whatever it takes to be kind and talk gently to yourself. It sounds like a complete load of, I don't know, malarkey (laughs) and it sounds like a cliche but it's really helped me as soon as that anxiety comes I'm like look it's going to come and then you can even go a step further and write down when you're feeling good because we're all going to be feeling good sometime write down how you feel write down the positives your gratitude list and so when that anxiety comes you can look at that list and go okay this isn't forever Because I know when you feel that depression and anxiety, and sometimes it hangs on for a half a day, a whole day, a couple of days, you know, I think if it hangs on for more than a day or two or three, you might want to seek some professional help, but because they can help you. But even still, it can hang on. Just remind yourself that it's temporary and this too shall pass. The storm is going to pass. Be kind to yourself. I think that makes all the difference in the world. You guys let me know. Again, shoot me an email or you can go to the Anchor app and leave a voice message. You can do it anonymously. You can tell me your name, whatever you prefer. I'm open. I actually have my first mailbag question. So we're going to move forward here to the next segment and talk about mailbag. Yay! I'm so excited that somebody actually wrote me. So. This says, Dear Jody, thank you so much for doing your podcast. I was super excited when I found it. To be honest, I had not heard of you. I I don't watch Big Brother, but I was sort of stumbling around trying to find something to listen to. And I found your podcast. And now I listen and have listened to all of the episodes. Thank you for asking for questions. My question is, I hang out with my husband, obviously he's my husband, but I hang out with my husband and his best friend. And lately I'm finding myself attracted to his best friend. What should I do? I love my husband, but it's uncomfortable and I kind of feel like my husband's friend is sort of flirting with me. Help. Thank you. Anonymous in Salt Lake City. Well, hi Anonymous. (laughs) I'm so excited, thank you for listening and I love Utah. I was just there on vacation. I oh, 
I've, I've only been to the airport in Salt Lake and it was beautiful, but I've mostly been to southwestern Utah and oh, it's beautiful there. So, wow, okay. You are finding yourself attracted to this guy, your husband's best friend. And it, I mean, you, I'm gonna have to extrapolate. You said you love your husband, so it sounds like at least you're still in a happy relationship. You know, um, I'm trying to think back. When I was like, I kind of wish you'd told me your age, that, that would be helpful, but not necessarily required. When I was like 23, I was in a relationship and I was, I was pretty happy. It was a happy relationship. I've never cheated on anybody, so that's not even been an issue. Um, and he had this really good looking friend and they used to play soccer together. So I would go and I'd watch my boyfriend play soccer and then we'd all kind of go out to drinks after. And again, I don't drink, but I would just, you know, drink whatever, some kind of soft drink. And I was just like, oh my God, he's so cute. Like I found myself being attracted to him and it made me uncomfortable. And I didn't know if he felt the same way. I didn't even, I couldn't even like, entertain that part of it but here's what I would say looking back like it's normal you're going to be attracted to other people you know when you get married it's not like you know click I'm no longer attracted to anybody it's natural it's gonna happen I think what matters is what you do about it and I honestly just sort of accepted that I felt this attraction to him and just did nothing about it. It just sort of, after I spent a little more time with him, I was just kind of like, eh. I didn't really care for his personality. There was some sort of energy, I believe in energy, that he just sort of gave off that I was drawn to. But his personality was just, eh. And then other than just accepting and don't act on it because you don't want to risk your relationship. I'm assuming you don't. Most people don't you can limit the time that you spend with this person. So say you're hanging out with the three of them, make sure if you are out and about doing whatever activities that you're focused on your husband, pay attention to your husband. You won't want him to pick up on anything. And if it's a lot of hanging out together, maybe you could just do a little bit less with the three of them, you know, just be like, oh, I'm tired or whatever. And then just know that you're gonna feel this way and don't act on it. And God forbid, if this guy like says something to you, then I would definitely tell your husband and say, look, by the way, not that you're attracted to him, but just tell your husband, you know, look, Joe or whoever actually kind of came on to me and I just, I'm really uncomfortable. And hopefully you're in a relationship where your husband's like, what? And then kicks Joe to the curb, not like, well, what did you do? Maybe that kind of relationship isn't one to be fought for. So that's my kind of my, my answer because other than that, I mean, avoiding him would be awkward. Your husband might be like, why aren't you hanging out with us? So just accept that it's normal. I think that helps kind of take the pressure away that we're going to be attracted to other people other than our spouses and our boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever. So just don't act on it. But that was my one and only mailbag question. <laughs> Yay, I'm happy to have one. Thank you guys so much. Again, you can write me on Big Time Small Talk Podcast at gmail.com. So I want to wrap up here and just kind of as closing thoughts to just finish off this, this episode of anxiety. First of all, 
If anybody out there is just feeling overwhelmed with anxiety, please feel free to just shoot me an email. You can DM me on any of my social media platforms. I mean, sometimes I feel like they're hidden, like you don't notice them, but whenever I notice them, I will try to read them and respond and support you because sometimes, even though I'm a stranger, it just helps to have someone to sort of message with and I will support you to the best of my ability. But the biggest thing is to talk about these things, to talk about your emotions, to find someone that you feel comfortable talking to, whether it's your mom or your sister or your brother or your boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever, good friend. I think a lot of times, especially now with everything that's going on with COVID, we're so busy trying to survive in this. And you know, if you're working from home or you're dealing with kids or maybe you're a college student and you're like, wow, I was looking forward to the college experience with dorms and the excitement and all the fun. And now I'm like at home or even just barely doing anything that's real college fun, just sticking my head in the computer. And everything can be so overwhelming. And when you look at social media, it can feel like everyone else has it all together. I'm the only one that doesn't. But that's not true. I think many cases, in many cases, almost all of us feel that way, at least some times in our life, you know? So it's important to be able to talk about it and to remind yourself that emotions, having emotions, crying, showing your emotions, that doesn't make you weak. I can't stand it when people start to cry and they apologize. Because I watch The Bachelor and you'll see these girls fanning their flame, you know, fanning their flames, God, fanning their tears with their hands. And they're just like, you know, I really feel that like, I, sorry, sorry, I'm getting choked up. I'm really upset. I'm like, it's okay. I hate it when you get that lump in your throat and you're trying to talk. That's frustrating. But it's okay to show emotion. It doesn't make you weak. I feel like our society is always like, well, pull, you know, put on your big girl panties and, you know, pull your bootstraps up and you should be emotionless. Sure. I think there are times when we really need to, you know, I don't know about be emotionless, but emotionless, but put our emotions in check because it doesn't serve us. But there are also many times when you're just upset or distraught or feeling as they say, some type of way that you need to be able to express it. Holding it, in, holding it in only makes it worse. And, you know, I always, I remember I, I dated this guy and he was just like, you're too sensitive. And this was years ago. You're too sensitive. And I started saying to him, you know, actually, you're too insensitive. Why is it that a sensitive person is seen as a bad thing? As long as you can get through your life, do your job, have relationships, pay your bills, So what if you're sensitive? I think there are many, many, many insensitive people who hurt people. I mean, we've all probably had those insensitive bosses who don't try to understand where you're coming from and they make your job miserable. So I would rather have people who are sensitive in my life who express how they feel and share their emotions with me than to have somebody who's just like, oh, I just, I don't talk about that stuff. I, I don't, I have a hard time talking about my emotions. I don't do that. It's uncomfortable. No. And we all feel uncomfortable sometimes with our emotions. But I think we should talk about them anyway. Because getting it out really helps contribute to not feeling so anxious. Anyway, 
that's my story <laughs> and then I'm sticking to it and that's all I have to say so thank you guys so much for tuning in to what is this is this episode four lucky number four I am excited that's one more in the books on the books one more in the I don't know one more episode completed and published if you like the show please click five stars please click sur uh, I almost said survive please click subscribe so you can get the notifications about when the next episode is coming and you won't miss a thing thank you so much for tuning in to big time small talk I am your host Jody Rollins and I will see you next time well you won't I won't really see you but I guess you'll hear me next time thanks so much bye